This is What's the Spread. We're back, baby. As always, Dan Starr, I'm your host, and uh, with me tonight, Andy Starr. Welcome back, Andy, to the 2021 college football season. Man, I can't tell you how good it is to be back. Uh, I feel like I've spent a lot more time with college football this offseason, so I'm happy to finally get back into this. Yeah, I feel like uh, last year was almost like a little tease because, you know, especially with the Big Ten, we were we missed half the season. Uh, they got started late, and then teams started having COVID issues. So, you know, some of the teams only played four or five games. Um, and then, and then we had the off season. We just really didn't have much big 10 football, but we're back. We got a, a full slate of games. Everyone's got 12 fans are in the stands. It's going to be an exciting year. Yes, sir. And I can't wait. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we wanted to welcome back the listeners, the followers on Twitter. Um, my handle again is at D star 18. And then Andy, what's your handle again? Uh, I'm at real a star. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I also have a fantasy football account, which is uh, at a star FF. Man, got to get that cheap plug in there. Okay, all yeah, right. Well, if people are listening, they got to know. Right, they're they're probably into fantasy football too. So fair enough. All right. So um, last year at this time, we uh, off the year with giving our over under win totals. Um, we do it week by week. So this first week, we're going to be giving out our Big Ten East over under win totals followed by next week with the Big Ten West. And then after that, just a short time away from now, we're going to be getting into our picks against the spread for the Big Ten. Um, exciting times. Can't wait for that. But without uh, further ado, we'll talk a little bit about last year's situation. So if Andy, if you want to give a quick rundown of the over-under win totals last year and then uh, how we finished. Yeah, yeah. So in no, no particular order, um, last year, Maryland finished the season two and three, uh, their over under win total was two and a half. I believe I took the over there and you took the under. Um, so obviously with the shortened COVID season totals kind of up in the air, I think they probably would have hit it, uh, the over, but I guess we'll never truly know. Oh, we uh, know they... it was under, <laughs> I don't know. Talia was playing pretty well. No, that's true. Uh, that's tough. That that one I think is a wash. You know, that one doesn't really count. They missed out on uh, four games, was it? Yeah. So they yeah they only played five. Yeah. So that that one's tough. What uh what else we got? Same deal with Ohio State. I said over eight and a half. I figured they were going to run the table. They did run the games they played, but again, they only played five Big Ten games, so they weren't able to get to that uh, total of nine games. So I said over. You said under there, but again. Don't really know what was going to happen there. Kind of a wash, but again, you had to kind of plan for those COVID games, and that's what I was doing there when I was. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's how uh, sports books work, but uh, well done, I guess. Right, right, okay. What, what, what game or what, uh, what teams did we get right? All right, so I think we could probably take a W on MSU. We both said under three and a half. They finished the season two and five. I don't think they're in any danger of winning any more than that, but. Again, they missed two games. That's fair. Okay, what else we got? So Rutgers is the first one I'm going to go over where they actually played their full nine games. We both said they'd get under the one and a half, and they ended up winning three, so taking the L there. All right, Greg Schiano uh, rallied the troops in uh, Piscataway. Yes, sir. This one uh, we can both 
firmly say we got the win on. Michigan uh, finished the season two and four. Their over and under last year was six and a half, and we both took the under. And I believe that was your lead pipe lock. No, no, that was mine. That was yours. Well done. Uh, so same thing with Penn State as far as uh, teams that finished a full nine-game slate. Uh, they finished four and five. I said they would be under the seven and a half total. You actually said over, so eesh. But, uh I got that one right, and yeah. Okay, all right. And then last but not least, we both did get Indiana getting over that five-and-a-half win total. They finished 6-2 and two in the Big Ten, and that was your lead pipe block. That was my lead pipe block, and they didn't even need the extra game, and they went over. Oh. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. So overall, I think we did fair. I would say above average. It, it sucked that we couldn't uh, see some of those other teams that had those shortened seasons. But hopefully this year we will um, get everyone all 12. And it sounds like if they can't field enough players for the game, um, they will forfeit. So I, I, I know a lot of conferences, the ACC just announced today, they're going to do that as well. So it, It'll be interesting to see. So you might have to plan that ahead a little bit. Um, but I, I I tend to believe that they're going to play all these games this year. So we'll see. Yeah, I think so as well. All right. So let's kick it off. Let's get started here. We're going to start with the lowest over-under win total with Rutgers at four games. So um, last year, that like you said, they played the shortened season. They finished the year, or they got all their games in. They finished three and six um, with wins against Michigan State. They had a win against Purdue and a win at Maryland. Do you think they can get four wins or more, or more than four wins this year? I think it's possible. I think they do get four, uh, not relatively easily, but I think they get to four. Um, this is an interesting team. They pretty much return everybody that they had from last year. Not that that's necessarily a good thing because everybody was kind of trash. Uh, they do have a playmaker on defense by the name of Avery Young. Uh, he did have 50 tackles last year, four for tackles for loss, and two passes defended. He's kind of just like a hybrid everywhere on the field defender. Um but aside from that, you know, they were at the bottom of the NCAA in just about every statistical category, you know, 94th in pass offense, 86th in rush, 105th in total offense. Uh, same, you know, on defense looked about the same, 81st in pass, 99 in rush, and 104th in total defense. One thing they did well was uh, uh, they did have a positive turnover margin on the year, uh, which was good for top 25 in the nation. Um, but I think the thing that you can say about this team is that they just haven't lost anybody. And, you know, like you said earlier, Greg Schiano's the coach. Uh, I think he's a good coach. Uh, you know, they went three and six last year. I think they're probably going to do have a similar season, uh, this year. Um, four and eight seems well within the realm of possibility. I have projected wins for them. Uh, Delaware, which you had been mentioned, you told me yesterday is kind of like an FCS powerhouse and, uh, Illinois. And then as far as uh, projected losses, I'm saying they'll probably lose to uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State. Uh, and I'm going to give them a loss against Maryland as well. Um, I think they're probably going to lose against Michigan and Indiana uh, and probably Northwestern too. Uh, 
I do think that they have a good chance against teams like Temple, uh, Syracuse, and Michigan State. So between those, you know, two lock wins, I would say, uh, three in the air, and then two where they have, you know, kind of a chance, I think they're going to get to four. And I would bet on them getting more than four just based on Shiano and their experience from last year returning all these guys. Um, so I'm going to say over four, but uh, I'm not going to bet that with any sort of confidence. Okay. All right. I um, Just like last year, we started off the podcast with uh, us being different on the first pick. And uh, I'm not going to stray away from that at all. I'm going under here. Um, the reason being is when you look at their overall schedule. Okay. So first you talked about their players. They return everyone. I really like their wide receiver um, Bo Melton, you know, I think him and Noah Vidral, they're going to be a good one-two combo. They're going to, um, air it out quite a bit under Shiano's offense. Um, but I don't think their defense is going to be able to stop many teams. Um, especially, um, in a year now where these teams actually got some spring practice, these teams actually get to know each other a little bit more rather than the shortened year where, they uh, blew the doors off Michigan State to start the season. I think if they played that game later in the year, they would have lost to Michigan State. Um, and then they ha- only had a seven-point win at Purdue. And then, again, playing Maryland, who had was just ravaged by COVID and, and it needed overtime to beat them by three. So I think when you look at their wins, they weren't that impressive last year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what their defense can do. They they do have your boy, um, free safety, Avery Young. They also have a linebacker. I'm going to butcher this name here, but Ola Kunle Fatukasa, I think is uh, how you pronounce it, and, and Fatukasi. And that guy, it, he's, uh, he's you know, a candidate for the Butkus Award. Yeah, um, it was the only player last year. I mean, they did have nine games compared to a lot of teams who didn't uh, – game schedule but he was the only player in the Big Ten to have over 100 tackles last season um, so we'll look out for him again this year but when you look at their schedule the biggest thing that is glaring to me is they have five road games in the Big Ten this year so and that goes across the board for the entire East so the Big Ten East all seven teams have five road games so keep that in mind as we go further here in the podcast so when you look at their wins, I actually am going to give them a win against Temple um, at home. Temple is trash. Um, they don't return a lot of starters on both ends of the ball. Syracuse, same thing. Another team, you know, kind of in a transition year. That game is away, but I think, you know, kind of kind of a little, uh, you know, uh, northeast ri- rivalry, non-rivalry, but I think Rutgers will come out and want to win that game. And then um, I, I – lean that they are going to beat Michigan State. The more I look at it, though, I think Michigan State will probably win that game. But I think they have a chance there. Their losses, definitely Ohio State, definitely Wisconsin, definitely at on the road against Penn State, probably on the road against Indiana. And then when you look at their questionable, maybe I have a chance games, even those are tough. They got on the road Michigan, on the road Northwestern, on the road, Illinois, another, you know, kind of coin flip game. And then your boy, Talia, Tongo Vailoa, Maryland, that game's at home. And then even Delaware. So like you just mentioned, they're ranked right now sixth in the FCS polls. 
and you know how those FCS teams are. They really want to get that win when they play the FBS team. And you give me a good FCS school against the doormat FBS, I'm taking the FCS school all day long. So I look for that spread against Delaware to be single digits, if anything, for Rutgers being favored. So I'm taking the under here. Yeah, I, like I said, I think four is is probably where they end up, but uh, I can I could go either way with it. I just feel like they're going to get to four, so I might as well say over because uh, you know, worst case they push. But uh, I just also want to mention uh, Isaiah Pacheco as a returning running back who was pretty good last year, but uh, I think you know this year he could uh, step it up as well. Excellent. All right, moving on, we got Michigan State. Their total is set for four and a half games. Last year, they finished two and five in the Big Ten. Uh, they had wins against their rival, Michigan, and that was in Ann Arbor, and then also a win at home against Northwestern. And then uh, they took some Molly Whoppins in between there against Iowa, Indiana, Ohio State, Penn State, where they just got the doors blown off. Um, so this is year two under Mel Tucker. Um, the he came in last year late uh, when D'Antonio stepped down. So he didn't really get much opportunity to be with the team because then COVID hit. Um, they didn't have spring ball. And then when they came back, they had, um, you know, kind of a shortened season with practice and then not only the, the games. Um, but they, they started to improve kind of late in the year as just a tough schedule um, kind of ending the year with Ohio State and Penn State. So where do you see Michigan State this year? Do you think they have it in them now that they've had a little bit more time to uh, practice under Mel Tucker? Well, that's kind of the big question mark here is I, I really don't know. I have no idea what this team's going to look like. They return seven starters on offense and, and defense, but I don't even know if they're going to be starting because Mel Tucker brought in 14 players in the transfer portal this offseason which that's just I'm not sure if, right right their I'm, team is completely different yeah i'm not sure if that's first in the country but i imagine it's right at the top as far as like 14 you know transfer portal additions um they do lose their quarterback rocky lombardi but again it doesn't really matter because he wasn't gonna you know win them any games anyhow um as far as like playmakers they get back i guess you know i, I look at guys like Jaden reed who uh you know, made some big plays for them on offense and special teams last year. I think Jacob Slade is a name to watch on defense. You know, he could help that pass rush out a little bit. But again, these guys weren't doing anything. You know, they weren't winning games last year. They only won two games. And there really wasn't anything impressive about it. You look at their ranks and, you know, their, where they were finished last year. They, they didn't finish the top 50 in any category. It was not a good team. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, you know, they get these 14 transfer portal guys. I think the ones that I'm looking at now are the guys they picked up on offense. Uh, they're running back, uh, Kenneth Walker. I believe he was from Wake Forest last year. Uh, had a pretty good season there. I think he's going to be, you know, one of the better running backs in the big 10. They do get a Malik Carr, who's kind of like a wide receiver, tight end hybrid. He played at, or he was recruited by Purdue last year. Never really saw the field too much. Also a basketball player, just a big body who's going to be, you know, a nice target for whoever's playing QB, which is, you know, another question mark, uh, which may have been addressed in the transfer portal as well. They pick up Anthony Russo from Temple. Uh, they also have Peyton Thorne on the depth chart this year. So 
like I said, it's just a strange setup. I don't know. Like, they could be really good, you know, who knows? But, you know, when I'm looking at their schedule, I'm giving them that win against Youngstown. And after that, I just, you know, I don't really know. I'm As far as, like, losses, I think, yeah, they're probably going to lose to Miami. I think Miami's got enough firepower on offense that they can beat them. Uh, I think Ohio State and Penn State, you know, have enough, uh, you know, without – Knowing what's going on, I, I feel like Maryland has enough to beat them. Uh, and I think, you know, Michigan's going to have kind of a bounce back year. I think they're going to want to, you know, get the win for this matchup this year as well. So uh, not saying Michigan State couldn't win that game, but I feel like Michigan, you know, is going to have the edge there. And then Indiana is always tough too. Um, as far as question games, you know, they've got that first game against Northwestern. I feel like Northwestern will probably win that game just, you know, based on the defense. Uh, I think Michigan State probably beats Nebraska. I think they probably win at Rutgers. I think they can probably win at Purdue. Uh, But that's going to be, you know, it's either going to be a shootout or just the sloppiest game you've ever seen. Um, For me, the the other game, Western Kentucky, uh, you know, I was talking to you about it yesterday. Western Kentucky is going to be an interesting team. They bring in this new coach, uh, their new offensive coordinator, Zach Kidley, who coached for Houston Baptist last year. And he brought with them three wide receivers and their quarterback, Bailey Zappi. Uh, and this guy, all he did was throw for like 400 yards a game. And they weren't playing like slouch schools last year, Houston Baptist. They played Texas Tech. They only lost by two. Zappi threw for like 500 yards in that game. And they played Louisiana Tech and North Texas, so FBS schools. So I feel like, you know, this is a offense. Zach Kitley, former uh, grad assistant for Cliff Kingsbury, uh, which I found out earlier today. So I think that's a game that could, you know, give Michigan State some problems. Um, and then, like I've said, with Northwestern, I, I feel like – that's probably going to be a tricky game on the road to start the season. Hunter Johnson, who's a former number two pro style quarterback in the country as a recruit, uh, you know, was recruited by Clemson sort of never got a chance there behind Trevor Lawrence. And now DJ, Wiongalele. Um Northwestern does lose cam Porter, but they, you know, they got other, they get, they just recruited a top end running back in Anthony Tyus and they got a grad transfer coming there. So I feel like their offense is going to be maybe even a little better than it was last year under Ramsey. So, I think that's going to be a tough game, but like I said in the beginning, this is just such a weird team because it's it's going to be completely different than what it looked like last year. I think they probably get between three and four wins, which uh, is going to come in under that four and a half total, but I, it's such a weird team. That there's really no way for me to predict it. Okay. All right. So again, I'm uh, going to stray away from you here a little bit, and, and I'm taking the over. Um, so when I look at it, you know, I, you almost got to throw away last year, take it, throw it out the window. See you later. Cause like you said, they, how many transfers? 14. Yeah. And, but I'm talking like big name guys. It, it, like, it's not just your average, like, Oh, you know, some graduate transfer. He was a four string quarterback at cornerback at, you know, Western Kentucky that you like so much. And so, you know, they got, <laughs> they got Anthony Russo, who is, who's a hoss he's a big fella out of temple really good quarterback he's gonna earn the starting job there are already kind of whispers that he's got it but i'm i'm leaning hard that he's gonna get it so you look at him 
your your guy you mentioned earlier, Kenneth Walker, the third out of Wake Forest. He's gonna he's gonna run the ball like your old school, you know, Michigan State running backs, your Le'Veon Bells of the world. And then of course they got their wide receiving core, and with uh, Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor. So you know this this offense, if it gets going, it's gonna click. And and so. Um, and then they also returned four starters on the offensive line. So I think this offense has a really good shot of being much, much improved. Um, so when I look at their their schedule, it is a little bit challenging. So you're right. The losses on the road at Miami loss on the road, Indiana. I think they probably lose that one on the road. Ohio State loss home against Penn State loss. So that's four losses right there, automatic. When I look at wins, though, I see Youngstown State. I think they can beat Western Kentucky. That game's at home. Western Kentucky gets all these transfers from Houston Baptist that you like so much. Houston Baptist got mollywopped by Louisiana Tech by like 30 points or something. And <laughs> they got just a, obliterated by Louisiana Tech. Uh, or that's what I said, Louisiana Tech. And then they got mollywopped by North Texas. And that's what you're hanging your hat on there, like a two-point loss to Texas Tech, who finished the year three and six. I don't know. I don't know. That's better than MSU finished. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And and Houston Baptist still lost to them. So, all right. <laughs> so so then so I I'm taking wins against Youngstown, Western Kentucky. I think they they can beat Northwestern that first game on the road. Um, Northwestern doesn't really return a lot of talent this year. And they have a, a few incoming transfers as well. Um, I think they can beat Nebraska at home. So that's four right there. Then you got Rutgers on the road. I think they can beat that one. Kind of a revenge game from last year where they, you know, kind of got, um, you know, taken advantage of early on in the season. And then also the road game against Purdue. So I see potentially one, two, three, four, five, six wins that they could get pretty easily. And then also the rivalry game against Michigan. They beat them last year in Ann Arbor. It was a close game. Um, they got out an early lead. Michigan kind of came back late. So I think Michigan probably you know won't lose two in a row to their rival here. Um, but that's another game that is definitely doable for Michigan State. So when you look at the total at four and a half, I think they have probably three to four games that they'll win for sure. And then of those remaining three, I think they get at least one, if not more. I think they could actually finish the year six and six here and become bowl eligible. So I think Mel Tucker's got them on the rise. Um, last year, they were hurt quite a bit with turnover margin. They were negative nine in just seven games, which is horrendous. It actually ended the year 121st nationally. Um, I think Mel Tucker... Um, has, uh, you know, uh, did he bring in a new defensive coordinator, Scotty Hazleton? I want to say he's new, maybe not. Um, but either way, I think the defense improves. I think the offense improves tremendously. And that over four and a half, it's just too low. So hammer the over. It's not my lead pipe lock, but I'm very confident on this one as well. Yeah, uh, I'm not angry with that pick at all it's just such a strange team it's going to look completely different than it did last year like you said throw it out right throw it out the window all right moving on we got maryland um coming into 2021 their their over under win total is set at six games 
Um, last year, they finished the year at two and three. Um, they had uh, losses, a blowout loss to start the year to Northwestern. They needed overtime to beat Minnesota. Um, they did have a key win against Penn State, and then they finished the year losing at Indiana and versus Rutgers. Do you think your boy, Coach of the Year candidate, Mike Loxley, has it in him to win six games in one season when he's only won six games total in two and a half years at Maryland? I do, and I've been riding the Loxley train for a year now. I'm not going to get off now. All aboard. (laughs) This team returns just about everybody besides Jake Funk, who's off to the NFL, seventh round draft pick for the Rams. But all, I mean, Loxley's just been recruiting like a a maniac. Uh, This year, he brings in three uh, top 100, 106 recruits uh, on the defensive side of the ball. He's got an edge rusher and two linebackers. When you look at like what they did well last year, they had a good pass defense. Their rush defense left a lot to be desired. So I think you know they're getting these, you know, good young linebackers in to you know help press the veterans and maybe get in some rotations and defensive snaps as well. It's going to be good for that team. Um, they did get a good pass rush last year. They finished twenty uh, seventh in sacks at two point eight per game. Uh, Big problem was turnovers, kind of the same thing with MSU. They finished 124th in turnover margin. So uh, they're going to have to protect the ball. But I think, you know, another year with Talia, uh, Raheem Jarrett, who is, you know, that highly touted five-star receiver from last year comes back. Uh, You know, you got the question mark at running back. They get back Tayon Fleet Davis, who played pretty well for them in his freshman and sophomore years. He missed all of last year with like a DWI, I believe. So they get him back, and then Penny Boone is another running back um, who could who was a freshman last year who could see some time uh, rotating in. And then on defense, they do have some playmakers. Nick Cross, who is, uh, I believe he's a safety. Uh, he, he gets about six tackles per game, had three pass defenses last year. And then a, a cornerback by the name of Tarheeb Still, who had eight pass, defended, pass defense last year. So... Then we got to turn to their schedule and see like where they're going to get these six wins. Um, I got wins down for them, uh, Howard, Illinois, and I'm going to give them MSU and Rutgers as well. Uh, projected losses, taking Ohio State as a loss and Penn State. And then the question mark games I have are uh, West Virginia, who's – you know, Big 12 school, they, they return some, you know, big playmakers like Letty Brown. Um, the, the thing with that is it's at home. Uh, I think I think Maryland has enough, you know, coming back this year where they should be able to be competitive in that game and probably win. Uh, same thing with Kent State, just a high-powered offense. So the, you know, the best offense in, in the country last year. They get action. Uh, they to, yeah, action. They got quarterback Dustin Crum coming back for his fifth year. Uh, they got some nice young running backs. Uh, so Kent State's going to be, you know, a tough team. You're going to have to score probably, you know, 35, 40 points to beat them. Um, they have Iowa at home, which I think is good because Iowa's obviously a lot easier when you're not playing with the pink locker rooms. Uh, I think that's a game that they could potentially win. Uh, Iowa's no slouch either. It's going to be, you know, a dogfight with them no matter what. Uh, they go to 
at Minnesota, that one, I have no idea. Could go either way. You never know what Minnesota team's going to show up on a year-to-year basis. So uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen there. And then uh, they got games at home against Indiana and Michigan. I think they can probably sneak out a win between one of those. So I'm thinking, you know, those four lock wins I'm giving them. And then between uh, West Virginia, Kent State, Iowa, Minnesota, I think they can probably get two between those four games. And then that probably an additional win with between uh, Michigan and Indiana. So I'm, I'm going to give them seven wins here. I'm going to take the over and feel pretty good about it, honestly, but it's not going to be lead pipe locked worthy, but I feel pretty good about coach Loxley here. Wow. So the only thing that coach Loxley has going for him is he added Dan Enos to his staff. So I don't know if you know him. He uh, used to be a quarterback's coach at Michigan State. He was head coach at Central Michigan, fire up chips. Um, And then he's kind of bounced around a little bit. But Loxley and Enos were both on the 2018 Bama staff with your boy Tua. And uh, Tua set all kinds of passing efficiency records and threw the ball around like crazy. So who do they have this year? Younger brother Talia. So maybe you're on to something here, but I just don't see it. So they return a fair amount of people. Um, they return eight on. Um, of course, Talia returns, but they were only 97th uh, scoring offense last year. I mean, no, they only played five games, but they got crushed when they played decent defenses. And I think last year, um, a lot of the defenses struggled early on just because of the lack of practice time and lack of game time. So I think the defenses across the board are going to be better. Um, so I, I don't know if Maryland has that firepower to compete in those games. You look at the games they won last year, they needed basically 30 plus points to win those games. They needed 45 against Minnesota. So um, I think it's going to be a, a struggle for them in this Big Ten East uh, schedule. They do get wins, I think, against Howard. I'm not as big on Kent State as you are. I think they can beat Kent State. I think they have a chance definitely against Illinois, um, Rutgers, Minnesota as well. But I don't even know if they'll win all of those games. Um, losses are definitely going to be Penn State at home, Ohio State on the road. Iowa at home is still going to beat them, Andy. I know you, you think that they have a chance. They don't. Um, <laughs> Iowa is a much better team. Um, and then when you look at those kind of questionable games, like you said, you know, West Virginia at home, um, yeah, they might have a, a shot there. Um, Michigan at home, you know, Michigan's definitely um, struggling right now. They got a lot of new faces as well. So they could, they could win that game. Um, Indiana at home. I think Indiana's the better team there, but you know, that's another one. Maybe they got a shot, but they got to win seven games, seven. So, you know, maybe they, they get Howard, Kent state, Illinois, Rutgers. That's five, maybe Minnesota six, but, but I'm just saying maybes I'm saying maybes. And I, I don't know. It may be Michigan state, but that game's on the road as well. Minnesota's on the road. Illinois is on the road. Like all these games, Rutgers is on the road. All these games that are like those maybes that you think like, okay, they can probably get the win. They're all on the road. So I just don't see how they're going to get seven wins here. 
Um, I'm taking the under, and I feel pretty confident about it. I think, like you talked about with some of the other games, like some of these odds makers, they're pretty darn good. I think six is probably where they end up, but I, I, I tend to believe they're going to lose some of those away games and finish under. Fair enough. Well, that's the one where I feel like we disagree the most on so far. <laughs> right. All right. So uh, moving on here, we got Michigan um, coming in with uh, their over-under win total set at seven for the 2021 season. Um, we got a few new faces there. It'll be interesting to see who uh, potentially starts at quarterback. Looking like it'll probably be Cade McNamara. Um, their defense virtually returns everyone except for Quiddy Pay. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if the defense improves from last year finishing 89th in total defense. Um, and, you know, where, where do you see them finishing here, Andy? Do they got enough to get eight wins? Oof, it's going to be a tough, tough stretch for uh, Michigan. Um, but, you know, if you're just looking at, like, Jim Harbaugh's full seasons, it's like nine and three is pretty much where he lives at. Eight and four would be nothing, but. Um, this is, you know, after watching what happened last year, it's tough to have much confidence in this team. And then especially seeing, you know, what happened to this roster last year, surprisingly, they lost eight guys to the NFL draft, which, you know, for how bad they were, it's kind of incredible, really. Uh, that included, like you said, Quiddy Pay, uh, Nico Collins and Chris Evans, both who are, you know, pretty big contributors on offense. Uh, they also lose. Uh, Dylan McCaffrey, who didn't play last year, he, he was in the transfer portal. Uh, Joe Milton, who started a lot of games for them last year at quarterback, is now at Tennessee, looking like he might be the starter there. Uh, Giles Jackson, another wide receiver, transferred to Washington, and then Zach Charbonnet, who was you know supposed to be their one, you know, their good running back a couple of years ago, is now playing at UCLA. So, you know. Harbaugh continues to recruit well, though. He brings in another five-star running back in Donovan Edwards. Uh, he brings in another five-star quarterback in J.J. McCarthy. Uh, he gets a nice transfer quarterback from Texas Tech in Allen Bowman. And uh, another one I was looking at was this wide receiver from Jackson State, Dalen Baldwin, who seems like, you know, from by all accounts, is going to see the field quite a bit as well. Um, so... It's it's an like Michigan State. It's a completely different team. You know, they get Aiden Hutchinson back, who's going to be you know a top defensive lineman in the Big Ten as long as he can stay healthy. He did have that injury last year. At running back, they're going to have Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum. Looks to be like he's going to have the bulk of the the work. And then they also have Ronnie Bell back next year at wide receiver. So, Saint, you know. Looking at their totals last year, they didn't really do anything well. I guess you could say their passing offense was top 50. But, again, it was just, you know, they couldn't get a pass rush. They couldn't really stop anybody on defense. They had a negative turnover margin. They weren't really scoring any points. So, is this team better? I don't know. Um, it's hard to say they're worse because it's still a Michigan team. They're still bringing in high-level talent. Um but just running through their schedule, uh, I'm giving them wins against their, the MAC opponents in uh, Western Michigan, Northern Illinois. Uh, I'm going to give them a win against Rutgers, Nebraska. I'm going to give them the win against MSU. Um, I think MSU could definitely win that game, but just for the purposes of this, I'm going to go ahead and give it to them. I think they're going to lose to Wisconsin. They're going to lose to Ohio State. 
And then you look at their other remaining schedule. They got Washington at home, Northwestern at home, Indiana at home, Penn State on the road. Um, I feel like that's probably a loss. Uh, and then Maryland on the road as well, which again, I talked about earlier. It's, you know, could go 50, 50 uh, with Maryland this year. Uh, so Washington is going to be a tricky game. They get them at home, uh, but they're returning 20 starters. Uh, they're adding depth to their wide receiver. They're getting a top level uh, quarterback recruit in Sam Heward. They already had a top 30 defense allowing less than 350 yards per game. So is this, you know, basically a skeleton of the offense they had last year? Is it going to be able to put up points on Washington? It doesn't feel like it. Um, so, you know, I'm giving them those five wins and then out of the rest of the games, I feel like they'd be lucky to get two more. They probably will. Um, but I feel like seven is kind of like where they're going to be at this year. That's their ceiling. So I'm taking under. Yeah, we finally did it. We came together. We agreed (laughs) on something. So yes, Michigan, for me, you look at their team, what they return. You know, obviously, defense, they returned virtually everyone. But their defense wasn't that great last year. Um, 89th total defense, 96th against the pass, 79th against rushing. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think they improve, definitely. Um, but they're playing a lot of tough offenses in that Big Ten East. Um, so, for me, I, I look at the schedule. Um, and like you said, losses. Ohio State, definitely. Wisconsin on the road in Madison. I'm going to be at that game. It's going to be a a great weekend. Go Badgers. Going to be a great game. They're going to lose that one. Um, Penn State on the road. Again, another tough place to play. I think they lose that one. And then Washington, like you said, do they have enough offensive firepower with all these new guys um, to be able to compete with Washington? Probably not. So that's four losses right there. So now they have to run the table to get eight and the over. Yes, they'll beat Western Michigan. Yes, they'll beat Northern Illinois. Yes, they'll beat Rutgers at home. They'll probably win a few of those other games that you mentioned, whether it's Nebraska, Michigan State, um, Northwestern um, at home. But then you look at some of those other games. You got Indiana at home. That's going to be a tough one. You got Maryland on the road with – with uh, your boys um, out out east there. So I think that one's another tough one. And I just don't think that they can run the table in all eight of those games. I think they're going to slip up somewhere, whether it's on the road at Nebraska. That could be a tricky one for them. Um, uh, you know, they got to go on the road to East Lansing, rivalry game. You never know. So I, I'm pretty confident here as well. I'm with you. Um, it, is, it is interesting, though, that, Harbaugh can recruit all these five stars just all over the place. They also have um, Dax Hill, you know, returning free safety. That guy was a former five star as well. So they're they're full of five stars, but he just can't, you know, make the make the talent, you know, show up on game day. So um, I I tend to believe that Harbaugh is going to struggle again this year. And is this finally the year that? You know, they uh, they run them out of town. I don't know. But I'm taking the under, and I'm pretty darn confident that, with it. Yeah, I'm with you. And to answer your question, yes, I think this is Harbaugh's last year. All right. So now we got Indiana Hoosiers 
Uh, they come in with the same exact win total for um, as Michigan, seven and a half. Um, when you look at what they did last year, they shocked the world, um, and except for me, because I hammered them. I said they were my lead pipe lock of the over-under for the Big Ten East, um, and they finished the year 6-2. and two. Um, They did better than Ohio State, but yet the Big Ten switched the rules around so that Ohio State could get into the Big, T- Big Ten championship and thus the college football playoff. So I think Indiana kind of got, you know, the sham a little bit, but, um, you know, they finished the year with a loss to Ole Miss, um, and then they lose their um, top wide receiver to the NFL, uh, Watt Fillier. But they do return quite a bit. They return eight on offense, including uh, Michael Penix Jr., um, and then they return nine on defense with a defense that um, finished the year 19th in scoring, 34th against the run, um, 43rd total defense. So, um, plus eight in the turnover margin. So they got a really good defense. Do you think that this year they can keep up the hard work that they uh, had from last year and get eight or more wins? It's going to be a tricky path, and it's because of their schedule and a lot of these games that I feel could go either way, they're on the road. But to your point, yes, they're down WAP failure. They're down Stevie Scott. They get Penix Jr. back. I don't know what that's going to look like in the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, obviously coming off a torn ACL. Um, and then, yeah, they have Ty Freifogel, Peyton Hendershot. So they are getting some pieces on offense back. Uh, they did lose their their best offensive lineman, Harry Sider, to the draft, but they do return the other four starters and two other contributors on the offensive line. So I feel like their offense isn't going to really uh, – miss a step especially once Penix comes back uh, as long as he's you know 100% um, guys they brought in um, you know I mentioned Stevie Scott's gone so they're filling that gap with Stephen Carr a five-star running back uh, from USC uh, so they picked him up out of the transfer portal I think he's going to be the guy that you see carry the load for him and then you know to fill in that void from Wap Filior they have five either transfer or freshman wide receivers coming in. So, you know, if they can hit on one of those guys, I think, you know, they, nobody's going to be that possession guy that Bob Fillier was. I think he had a game where he had like 18 receptions or something wild. So I don't know if they're going to be able to replicate that, but I think they, they do a pretty good job on offense. And then on defense, you know, they're returning a lot of guys as well. They did lose a fifth-round draft pick in Jamar Johnson, who's a safety um, and like you said, you know, turnover margin, their top 10 in the, in the nation there, um, and their defense was solid. Um, and their offense was solid too, up until Penix Jr. going down. So, um, I think they do improve on some things, but again, it just comes down to the schedule. I think they're going to get some, uh, wins at Idaho they're going to get a win at Idaho, uh, against MSU and Rutgers. They're going to take the loss against Ohio state. Probably at Penn State is going to be a loss as well. But then you just look at this Big Ten East schedule at at Purdue, uh, at Michigan, at Maryland. Uh, and then they have to go at Iowa. And they also play Minnesota at home. So I feel like Iowa on the road is going to be a tough one. Probably a loss there. And I believe that's you know towards the start of the season. What's Penix Jr. going to look like then? And they also have to play Cincy at home. Cincy is, 
you know, one of these, you know, darling teams that, you know, could sneak into uh, the playoff talk by the end of the year. The old uh, American conference. All American conference. They got Desmond Ritter at quarterback, who is by all accounts, you know, he could be a first, second round draft pick next year. Um, Iowa, like I said, it's a tough place to play. They're returning a lot of starters. They're also playing at Western Kentucky. I've already talked talked about them. I feel like between you know Indiana and uh, it was MSU. I feel like you know their Western Kentucky could probably take one of those at least one of these Big Ten teams down. They're um, not. They're not Andy. <laughs> they're not. I want to believe it. They're probably going to be double digit underdogs in both games. I'm still putting it in there. I'm not giving. I'm not putting them down as an L. Okay, but uh, <laughs> I can't wait for these weeks. What weeks do they play? Week I don't know. four and so week four, Western Kentucky, Indiana, and week two, I think, is Michigan State. I think Indiana's no, got a good five. enough. Indiana's got a good enough defense where they can probably beat Western Kentucky. All right, I'll give you that one. Week four and five, can't wait. Can't wait. I'm excited. I don't even care about the first three weeks. I just can't wait for the spreads to come out so we can see what we're dealing with. I'm taking Western Kentucky and the points for both of them. All right. Uh, I'm excited. Let's go. But, but yeah, so, like, all these – they got this road schedule that's just so tricky. So, I feel like I'm giving them three – with Western Kentucky, I'll give them four wins, you know, out the gate. And then where are they going to get, you know, four more, essentially. Um Probably not Iowa, probably not Cincinnati, probably not Penn State, maybe Maryland, maybe Michigan, maybe Minnesota, maybe at Purdue. So they could do it, but they got to win all those games. And, and they're all on the road. Well, except, except for Minnesota, but yeah. Except So uh, I'm just going to say yeah. probably not. I think they're going to lose at least one of those games and finish with seven wins, and I'm going to take the under. Okay, we're uh, we're seeing a trend here. So I agree with you. I am taking the under here. Um, when you look at last year, so their schedule, I thought, did them favors. They played some pretty darn weak teams. The Big Ten East was definitely down last year. They got wins against Rutgers, Michigan, Michigan State, Maryland. And then um, they had that one-point victory against Penn State, and then the wheels kind of fell off Penn State there. And then also um, they beat Wisconsin at the end of the year in kind of a slugfest, 14-6. to And then also they, they ended the year with a loss in the Outback Bowl to Ole Miss. So I think that they, even though I was high on them last year, I think their schedule helped them out quite a bit. Um, and then this year, their schedule does them no favors, not one. So when you look at um, last year, defensively, they were really darn good, except they couldn't defend the pass, 75th versus the pass. So when I'm looking at the schedule this year, I'm looking at, okay, who are they going to beat? Definitely Idaho. Definitely Western Kentucky. Definitely Rutgers probably Minnesota, probably Michigan State. So that's five definite losses at Penn State, home against Ohio State. Now, you've got five games remaining. They need to win three of them. They're on the road at Iowa, at Maryland, at Michigan, at Purdue, and then home against number eight in all the land, Cincinnati. 
I don't see them getting three wins out of that schedule. Um, it's it's definitely going to be tough for them um, to get that. And if they did, it would be a complete shock. Um, and even if they did, I think they potentially could lose to Michigan State. And like you said, they could potentially lose to Western Kentucky, you know, according to some experts. So <laughs> I, I here am hammering Indiana. So last year they were my lead pipe lock as an over. This year they are my lead pipe lock of the o- Big Ten um, over under East as an under. Take the under. Hammer them. Indiana is going to underperform this year. Um, do not take into account what they did last year because their schedule was awesome. This year, their schedule is terrible. I like it. And and I just want to reiterate, I know we talked about it earlier, but the Big Ten East all has five road Big Ten games this year. So they all play nine Big Ten games. The Big Ten East all has five road games. So that hurts a lot of people, and it hurts Indiana in this case. All right, so we're moving on. we got two teams left. We're starting to get into the heavy hitters now of the Big Ten East. Um, We're going to move on to Penn State. So last year, definitely, definitely underperformed. Um, They returned some key players. Sean Clifford's back for more. Um, They started the year 0-5, but then they rattled off four straight wins. Um, Do you see them continuing the trend and continuing the wins to get over nine wins this year i do i feel like you know they finished the year strong um i think they like that in their last loss they they had a second half where they almost came back and i uh i think you know since then they just sort of turned it around uh you know they'd had some quarterback struggles last year you know sean clifford just there's just no way he can be worse than what he was last year uh you know surrounding him with all the talent he needs. He's going to get Noah Kane back at running back. That Last year, they kind of just sort of, between Devin Ford and whoever was healthy, was playing running back for him. And then he gets his uh, big wide receivers, Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington. And then on defense, they've got a playmaker by the name of Jaquan Brisker. Uh, all he did last year was have an interception, five pass defense, and 57 tackles, three for loss. So... Um, and this, statistically speaking, Penn State was probably the, you know, disc, not counting Ohio State, was probably the best team in the Big Ten, in Big Ten East, maybe the Big Ten, you know, besides Ohio State. You know, they had a top 50 off pass offense, 37th ranked total offense at 430 yards per game, 17th ranked total defense um, at 328 yards per game is what they were giving up. Uh, sacks, they were getting two and a half of those a game. Really, you know, where they struggled was turnovers. Uh, they finished 112th in turnover margin, and that leaded to them not being able to score points. You know, they scored less than 30 points a game, which isn't typical for a Penn State team. Uh, they do lose. I put Micah Parsons on here, which was kind of inconsequential the last year since he opted out. But they lose uh, Pat Fryermuth and a, a big uh, defensive lineman named uh, Odafe Owe. Uh, who finished with six and a half tackles for loss last year. Um, as far as additions, they do pick up a running back transfer from Baylor, uh, John Lovett, which I think that's good given, you know, the health concerns where they've had at running back position in years past with Journey Brown and Noah Kane last year. It's good to just add some depth there. Um, and 
you know, looking forward to the schedule. So, you know, where am I seeing these wins for them? Uh, I'm going to give them wins against Ball State, uh, Villanova, Illinois, probably Maryland, uh, Rutgers, and MSU as well. Um, I'm not really going to project, like, any for sure losses for them. I feel like at Ohio State is probably the closest thing to a for sure loss. Uh, but, you know, we'll talk about Ohio State more here in a second. Um, so then, obviously, they go uh, at Wisconsin, which is going to be, you know, Camp Randall's always a tough place to play. But they get Auburn at home. They get Indiana at home. They get Michigan at home. And then their other road game is Iowa, uh, which, you know, we've talked about Iowa and it being a tough place to play. So wins. So for sure they've got, I'm counting six. So they need to get uh, – three more to get to nine. I think Auburn, who they lost two guys to the NFL draft. They've got a good running back in Tank Bigsby. Their defense wasn't that great last year. 63rd ranked defense for Auburn. And then they also get Bo Nix back, who's just sort of a you know, mediocre quarterback. Uh, Football but... Bo? Come on, <laughs> mediocre? Heisman Bo. Oh. But... <laughs> so oh, I'm going to give them man. I'm going to give them Auburn. I'm going to give them Indiana because they get from Michigan because they get them at home too. So that get, brings them to nine. So where are they going to get one more uh, between, you know, at Iowa, at Wisconsin, at Ohio State? I'm not sure. I feel like their best chance there is probably at Iowa. So I think they can get to nine. So I'm going to, I'm going to lock in nine and I'm just going to bet the over just thinking that they get one of those games. But again, it's not not a big confidence bet here. I think nine is probably the number that it's going to be. But I'm just going to bet the over just because I think that. Okay. All right. No, I, I, I think you're right. The odds makers, they got this one down. Nine. That's a great number. Like you said, the return Clifford, he has to be better than last year. He has to. He was terrible last year. They benched him, you know, several games because he was so terrible um he, he does return his two top wide receivers in Dotson and Washington the secondary has their shutdown corner in Castro Fields in a defense that finished 17th in total defense last year um so the defense wasn't the problem it was just the offense couldn't get going until those last four games um the big uh loss I believe is their tight end Fryermuth. I, I think he was a huge target um, and, you know, a third down receiver, just a, a guy you wanted to throw to. So they're going to miss him. But looking at the schedule, again, it's a tough, tough schedule when you look at can they get 10, 10 wins. So, yes, they're beating Ball State. Villanova, interesting team. They're, uh, they're actually ranked currently 15th in the FCS. Um, I think that could be also kind of a, a, a tricky game because you got, you know, Villanova, Probably a lot of kids in Pennsylvania there who uh, wanted to go to Penn State, didn't get recruited there, ended up at Villanova. So they're going to show that they, they can play with the big boys, but I think Penn State will still beat them and pretty handedly. Um, I think Penn State gets wins at home against Indiana, at home against Illinois. I think they beat Maryland on the road. I think they'll beat Michigan handedly at home, Rutgers handedly at home, and Michigan State at home. So that gives them eight wins easy but can they get 10 so like you said on the road wisconsin on the road iowa on the road ohio state i don't think that they can win two of those um 
two of those three. And then Auburn at home is going to be a dogfight. And I feel like those games in the beginning of the year like that, when it's out of conference and you got two, you know, pretty darn good teams from each conference, it's always close. So I think that game's a coin flip. I think Wisconsin's a coin flip earlier in the year um, to kick off the season. I think Wisconsin will probably win that game, but I think, you know, that one's going to be close too. So I, I you know, it, for them to get 10 or more wins, they're going to have to eke out some victories. And the way that they showed me last year on what they're capable of doing, especially late in the game, whether it was losing to Indiana or some of those close losses early on to Nebraska and, um, and Maryland and stuff like that. I just don't know if they can get the job done against better teams. So I'm taking the under here, but I, I agree with you. I think nine's the number. I just don't think they can get that 10th game. Fair enough. Yeah. I feel like Auburn's going through, you know, they just lost their coach to UCF. Well, they fired him. They didn't lose him. So, you know, they've got some transition stuff going on there. I feel like they have a good shot in that game. So, Okay. All right. Lastly, we got the Buckeyes. Ohio State, their over-under win total is set at a high 11 games. Um, So they lose, obviously, their quarterback, Justin Fields, who's now in the Chicago Bears. But they do return seven starters on offense but they lose virtually everyone on defense. They return only four starters. Can they continue to run the Big Ten and the Big Ten East this year? Uh, yeah, <laughs> of course. They're, I, they're definitely going to win the Big Ten East. Um, I think Penn State's the only team that could potentially uh, outdo them. I think the only thing that you know maybe a question mark is their quarterback. Uh, I think CJ Shroud is going to show us early on that that isn't a question mark at all. Um, but yeah, they're returning those big wide receivers, uh, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, both coming back healthy. They're also uh, going to have Jackson Smith and Jigba running uh, the slot. So their wide receiver is probably their deepest position. Um, if you look at the last year, the only place they really struggled was with their their pass defense and a lot of that had to do with the playoff games they gave up 400 yards against trevor lawrence and 464 yards against mac jones who were you know first on draft picks so um but they still finished 122nd in pass defense at 304 yards per game so it wasn't like they were great prior to those games and obviously though they were exploited in the playoffs so um yeah so key departures obviously justin fields um Trey Sermon, who I don't know if I can, you know, he had that 300 yard game against uh, Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship. But I feel like aside from that, he wasn't really like a difference maker for them for a lot of the year, a season. Um, They also lose Jamison Williams uh, to the transfer portal. He was kind of like their third wide receiver last year. And then, like you said, they've lost five guys uh, on defense just to the NFL draft. And then uh, they lost two guys from their offensive line to the draft and uh, they're starting tight end to the draft. So it's, it's, they actually had 10 guys drafted, which I believe was tied for first with like Alabama and Clemson or whoever. Um, but again, it's Ohio state. So it's this next man up, you know, they're bringing in the 
the best quarterback recruit of all time and Quinn Ewers, uh, who actually forego for has foregone his senior year of high school just to be on campus with the new like NIL rules to start making money now. Um, they bring in two top five recruits in JT Tui Maloa and Jack Sawyer, who are defensive linemen. They bring in the best wide receiver recruit in Emeka Buka and the best running back running recruit in Travion Henderson, who I feel like we're going to see him mixed in with, uh, uh, Master Teague at running back, especially later in the season. I think you'll see a lot more Travion Henderson. Um, so then, you know, like I said, everything, they did everything well, aside from past defense. Um, I think, you know, that with the additions on that defensive line, they're going to, you know, increase, you know, the amount of pressure they're able to uh, generate, which they did okay last year. They finished with two, 2.6 sacks per game. But that can obviously always be better. You know, they miss they're missing uh some of those playmakers in the past game uh that they had in twenty nineteen. Um with Akuda and uh the the defensive end who's now on the Washington football team is Chase Young. So they need guys like that if they're gonna be, you know, competing for uh national championship. But uh, as far as the you know their Big Ten schedule and their non-conference schedule, I'm giving them wins this year against Minnesota, Tulsa, Akron, Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, Nebraska, Purdue, Michigan State, Michigan. Like not a question in my mind, they will win those games. So that leaves two more games where I have a little bit of a question, but it's not you know crazy, and they're both at home. So they have Oregon uh, early in the season, and then they also have Penn State at home. Oregon's probably the best offense they're going to see all year. Um, Oregon going through a transition at quarterback as well. They uh, lost Tyler Shug to the uh, transfer portal, who's now playing for Texas Tech. They do have Anthony Brown there, who's a uh, Boston College transfer. And then they also brought in uh, freshman Ty Thompson and redshirt freshman Jay Butterfield is there as well. And then their running back, uh, C.J. Verdell, is also returning. So that's probably going to be the best offense they're going to face all year. Um, and I think they probably win that game with it being at home and same thing with Penn state. You know, we talked about them, you know, I, I feel like Sean Clifford just, you know, I, we hope he's going to be better, but I don't think he's going to be good enough to beat Ohio state. Um, like I said, the only question mark I have is the quarterback position. If CJ Stroud starts to show any sort of like, uh, you know, cracks in the armor. Is it, what are they going to do? Are they going to bring in, they, they have Kyle McCord or this Quinn Ewers, who's only like 17 years old right now. So th- there's really not much depth behind that. I think Jack Miller is a redshirt freshman who could potentially come in as well. Um, but, you know, if they can't find somebody, you know, if CJ Stroud isn't the guy, it could, you know, get ugly early for them, but I feel like he probably is. So, I'm saying 11 wins for them is easy and a, a virtual lock. And if I'm going to bet on them winning or losing that last game, I'll bet on them winning it. So I'm going to take over. I'm going to project them to win 12 wins and I haven't lead pipe locked anything. So this is going to be my lead pipe lock. Oh. So you're saying they're going to run the table, lead pipe lock. Book it. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So, I uh, when I look at this game or look at this season for Ohio State, big thing that jumps out to me is their defense. Their defense struggled last year, especially against the pass. 
They ranked 122nd nationally versus the pass. They returned a few guys in the secondary, um, but they only returned four defensive starters overall. Um, but like you said, they recruit at a, a very high capacity. Um, so when I look at their schedule, who on there can pass the ball? Who on there can beat them via the pass? So, you know, we, we look at the table, we run it down. Of course, they're beating Minnesota. Of course, they're beating Akron. They're beating Rutgers. They're beating Maryland. They're beating Indiana. They're beating Nebraska. They're beating Purdue. They're beating Michigan State. They're probably going to beat Oregon. They're probably going to beat Tulsa, but that's another one of those American conference teams you're going to have to look out for this season, Andy. So last year they had three losses, only a three-point loss to Cincy. They um, lost um, by nine to Oklahoma State and only two, two points to Mississippi State. So this is a team that, you know, wins a lot of games. Um they're experienced. They're not going to be scared of Ohio State. And they play them early, week three, right after that Oregon game. So if, if that Oregon game is kind of like a stressful kind of a win where they, they, they get the win, but it you know took some time doing it and it was kind of last second, then I could think you know Tulsa comes in there and might uh, shock them a little bit early. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but I think they still win that game. And then my only two questionable games are Penn State at home. And then I only put Michigan in here. I only did it because technically, technically, it's a rivalry game. Technically. Um, So (laughs) when you look at Penn State and Michigan, can they pass the ball? Can they beat Ohio State with their only weakness, their kryptonite, their passing defense? Penn State only ranked uh, 40th last year nationally um, offensively passing the ball. We talked about Clifford and his struggles. Will he have those struggles again this year? Um, And then Michigan, with all their quarterback um, up in the air the last few years with transfers, um, with transfers coming in and and new talent coming in, Cade McNamara probably going to be the starter. You know, what are they going to look like? Last year, they were 44th passing offense. So I just don't see a great passing team amongst those two to be able to beat Ohio State. And when we talked about these la- the other teams in the Big Ten East, we talked about how the schedule did them no favors. I think Ohio State, their schedule did them a lot of favors. So they play all their non-conference games at home. Um, that Oregon game being home is huge. And then also um, they don't have to play the top two teams from the Big Ten West in Iowa and Wisconsin. So the teams that they do play from the West, um, they get Nebraska and Purdue, definitely winnable games, and Minnesota. Um, So I think, you know, even though they're retooling across the board, we don't know what their quarterback's going to look like. Um, regardless of who it is. I think, like you talked about, C.J. Stroud's probably the guy. Um, but even if he's not the guy, they could pick up a guy off the street and probably, you know, beat, win 9-10 games with just about anybody um, with, the, with the talent around them. So I think Ohio State here over 12, although it seems crazy, 
I think it hits. Um, I just I I wouldn't lead pipe lock it only because they have to run the table. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, oh, what was I? Oh, yeah. So you admit, like I said earlier too, and you had mentioned it. Like the pass defense, yeah, is definitely their biggest flaw. But let's not forget that those numbers are skewed by those playoff games, which they're not going to be facing competition anywhere near that during the season. Fair enough. All right. Um, you uh, want to recap us real quick here, Andy? All right. So starting out with Rutgers, uh, over under set at four. Uh, I believe, yeah, I took the over there. You took the under. Uh, moving to Michigan State at four and a half. Uh, I took under. You took over. Uh, then I believe we went to Maryland at six. Uh, I took the over. You took the under. And then where did we go after that? Michigan State or no? Michigan. Michigan. We finally got on track here. Uh, we both took uh, the under on Michigan. Same thing with uh, under seven and a half with Michigan. Same thing with Indiana. We both took under seven and a half. Uh, Penn State. Let's see. I went over the nine, um, but we both kind of felt the same way. You took under nine, but we both felt that nine was kind of the number there. And then we were both uh, over 11 with Ohio State. I think I hit everybody there. You got them, yeah. And then you, uh, your lead pipe lock was the Buckeyes going over 11, and my lead pipe is Indiana under the seven and a half. Fair enough. I like it. I like All the picks. Right. So we got Big Ten East in the books. Um, I'm looking forward to doing next week with you. We got Big Ten West coming up. A lot of good teams on that side of the conference, Andy. That's going to be uh, quite the race to see who comes out on top on the West this year. Yeah, spoiler alert on Wisconsin. Okay, fair enough. All right, so uh, we're going to wrap up week one in the books. Uh, remember, hit us up on Twitter at DSTAR18. And my boy, and I'm at Real A Star. Uh, I'm going to be posting these picks and retweeting the episode, and can't wait for next week. Cool. Hit us up with what you guys think. And uh, as always, please gamble responsibly. This is What's the Spread.